Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. But tonight, I want to preach a message that I have been just feeling and sensing over the last month. And just been revisiting this um, in the scriptures and God's just been unpacking some things. But tonight, my message uh, title is Path to the Promise. Path to the Promise. And how many of you in this room have a promise over your life? Or have been called by God, right? All of our hands should be up. No, there are promises over your life and God has called you. And there are things that I want to share tonight, keys on how to to walk in the process well. And these are things that I have walked through and that I've just been gleaning from the life of David. And so I wanna share this with you because I believe that this is gonna set you up for success. And you know, this isn't the only way, the only keys, but these are things that God has been highlighting to me. Does that sound good? Come on, all right. So the first one is, God has purposely positioned you. God has purposely positioned you. And I want us to take a look at the life of David, like I mentioned. We're going to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 16. And we're going to start at verse 10. And I'm going to read out of the ESV. And it says, And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. And now he was ready and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. That's pretty cool. I wonder what that moment was like. Rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So Samuel goes to Bethlehem and he's looking for a new king to anoint a king because Saul had rejected or Saul had disobeyed God right and now God has rejected Saul and he's like I need to go anoint a king and I just want to paint this picture for a second David is in the fields as a shepherd he wasn't even invited into this moment right of of Samuel choosing and then he shows up and he's like okay what's going on and Samuel comes and he takes the horn of oil it wasn't just like a trickle of oil like he pours out this horn of oil the oil in this horn and it just anoints him and this was actually what they did to anoint kings so his family seeing this like this was a powerful moment this was when David got set apart when he was anointed for a promise to be the king of Israel and I want to share something profound that happened after this moment are you guys ready for it David went right back into the fields (laughs) after he was anointed he went right back to being a shepherd he went right back into the fields 
And I was thinking about this. How many of you, I know I've experienced this, when God gives you a promise, he, he speaks something over your life and you're on the ground, you're shaking, you're crying and you're like, my life has changed forever. And then the next day comes and everything feels the same. <laughs> and you're like, wait, God, did I, was that you yesterday? Did I, did I not hear you? And your surroundings look exactly the same. And the anointing on your life does not match the circumstance or the situation you're in. Well, I want to encourage you that I believe that God is saying he has purposely positioned you in this season. Even if it does not look like the promise, like being a shepherd, that was like a, not like the most glamorous position. And it didn't look like, right, what he, what maybe that moment of being anointed and this promise but David, I believe he had this trust and this faith in who God was. And oftentimes, well, I'm, I'm going to say maybe all the time, the path to the promise will look nothing like you imagined. It will not look like what you thought. And God intended that. And it just reminds me of Psalm 16:9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And I think about how easy, how easy could have it been that when David went back into the field, you know, for him to say, oh man, maybe I missed it. You know, two days later, three days later, he's still doing the same thing over and over again. He's like, man, did I hear God? And, and I wonder, well, you don't know all that David thought going back into that place, but I wonder if he had to face unbelief or if he came face to face with discontentment. I wonder, like he was human like us. He had real emotions. I mean, look at the Psalms. He was kind of all over the place. <laughs> but David, you know, I wonder, did he face that God? And I, I was reading this and I thought, and then I heard the Holy Spirit say, what seemed like David's setback was his setup. What seemed like his setback was his setup. And that oftentimes is what he's doing in our lives. When we're in these situations or in the season, the position that God placed us, and it, again, it doesn't look like the promise, but I wanna propose to you that what maybe feel like a setback from the promise is really your setup for the promise. God has purposely positioned you right now. And I wanna share a story um, Back in 2015, I started a wood sign company. And that is a whole testimony and story and preach in itself of just even believing I could even do it. But there was a, a season where in 2017, when God spoke to Ben and I to move to Austin. And I mean, it, it was a time when we were getting all kinds of prophetic words. And I was getting all these words about increase and business and that God was going to bring an explosion to it. And, and I was just, it was building my faith and I was so excited. And then we moved to Austin, bring the business, bring everything here. And the first, um, the first kind of market I did, it was in Cedar Park. I brought all my signs, put so much heart and work into it and it totally flopped. Like it was our worst sales ever. And I was, had so much hope and faith because, I mean, Austin is like 2 million plus people and Reading is like 90,000. So I'm like, we're going to do so well. Like, this is the promise. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look this way. And then it totally flopped. 
And I was like, God, what happened? Like, did I not hear you? Like, what is going on? And I honestly, I felt so discouraged. Has anyone been there? When you're like, God, did I hear you? Was that you? And I remember having this moment where I had a choice to believe that I had completely missed this and that this, fa- this moment of failure was gonna define me or that God is up to something and that this isn't my setback, this is my setup. And I can tell you that in this moment, in this time, Ben and I were praying and there were things that I was pressing into and God, like, what are you doing? And I think this is what God's inviting us. When, when things don't look the way we think they should, God's inviting us to press into him and to ask God, what do you see? What are you doing that I don't see right now in this moment? Because he, is, he sees things way differently than us, right? And we gotta press in. And I'm so grateful that I did not let this moment define me where it seemed like this was the end and that I wasn't gonna step into the promise. And after that, after just sitting and waiting and pressing into God, God spoke and something shifted and we pivoted my business and, it, and then it exploded. And I can look back at that moment and say, it was because God allowed that, that moment, that, fa- that failure moment or it not to work out in the way I thought it would to set me up for something even greater. And that's how God works, you guys. That's how he works. Isn't he so good? You know, I want to say this. I felt like just to share this, that it's okay to feel disappointment, but you're not meant to stay there. It's okay to feel disappointment. It's a place you walk through. It's not a place you camp in and stay. Because if you stay in disappointment, the enemy will come with his full forces and he will feed that. And he, and he will use lies and he will try to keep you in this cycle that will keep you trapped so that you don't step out and see what God sees so that you can then step into the fullness of your call. So disappointment, it's real, you guys. I've been there, but we're not meant to stay there. We're not meant to stay there. It's a place we pass through. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He sees the whole picture. He sees the whole picture. You are purposely positioned. I want to tell you that you are purposely positioned right now. This is your setup season. This is your setup seasoned. This is your setup season, and you are purposely positioned. Just declare that I am purposely positioned. Say that one more time I am purposely positioned. Come on. The second key that I really am excited to share about this one is one I'm really passionate about. It's to steward your now season. Steward your now season. We're gonna jump through and just follow the life of David. So if you go to chapter 17 in 1 Samuel, And before we read, I just want to kind of 
jump you up to date of where we're starting to read. But here we have, you know, now the it's, it's David and Goliath, right? And we have um, Jesse. He sent David to go bring food to his three eldest brothers who were serving in Saul's army. And while David is there bringing his brothers food, that's when Goliath comes out and he starts taunting the Israelites. And David's like, what's going on here? And he pays attention and he starts to ask questions. Like, who is this guy who's mocking us, right? And, and he's asking these questions and they're telling him what will be done to the person who kills Goliath. And David, he, then this, the word starts getting out and Saul hears that someone's asking about this and he brings David and, and this is their conversation here in 1 Samuel 17. We're going to read from 34 to 36. It says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And then where, where there came a lion or a bear and took lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and deliv del delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Wow, picture that. <laughs> Your servant has struck down both lion and bears, plural, bears. <laughs> and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Come on. That's when the spirit of the Lord rushes upon you. <laughs> you know what this tells me? This tells me that when David was in the shepherd season, he wasn't just laying in the grass. He wasn't just daydreaming about the promise. He wasn't just twiddling his thumbs and, and just like, you know, not really giving all of himself. Like David gave all of himself. He gave 100% of himself in the season that God had him in that wasn't glamorous, that wasn't glorified, that wasn't sought out. But he was there and he gave everything because it was unto the Lord. And we know that David was a worshiper. He was a man after God's heart. And he took that and he brought it into the season he was in and he stewarded it. And he said, God, this is all for you. This is how we are called to live. When you get promises, I want to say we're not called just to go back in our home and sit on the couch and just wait for it to happen. This is the path to the promise. It's stewardship. It's taking what's in front of us and giving it our everything. You know, when David showed up, he wasn't just, like he, he didn't have faith and courage. It didn't just land on him when he was there. Like that was developed in the preparation. Faith and all that, the confidence didn't just happen. Like it was developed in the fields when no one was watching. Preparation creates opportunity. Preparation creates opportunity. And stewardship is how you prepare. So if you're called to preach, preach to five people and prepare like you would preach to 10,000. If you're called to be the CEO of Chipotle, roll those burritos, serve at a Chipotle, roll those burritos with everything you've got. Like, like if you feel to call to change a city, if you feel called to mother and father a nation, then find people who are around you and pour into them and disciple them. And you know, it starts somewhere. You know, if God gives you a seed, you have to steward the seed and it's just as valuable as the promise. 
It's just as valuable. And the good news is, is we don't have to do this alone. I'm not talking about works here, guys. I'm not talking about works and you having to earn anything. This is all under the grace and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And just how the Spirit of God rushed upon David, I have good news. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And if David could kill lions and bears, think about what he can do through your life. <laughs> and think about how he can empower you to steward the now season. I want to share a, a fun story. But when I interned for Renee Joaquin uh, back in 2014, 2015 at BSSM, um, I was interning and learning so much about ministry. And I learned and still learn so much from them. But there was a task I remember <laughs> that Renee had. And she said, hey, can you create a flyer for me for this conference? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> Very hesitant. I had no idea what this meant. But I had to create a flyer with all this information on Photoshop. I had never heard about Photoshop. I had never known what this program was. And, but I was serving them. And I said yes. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to give everything I have to this, even though I have no idea what I was doing. And y'all, this was so hard. I remember just being at this computer, being like, I have no idea. How, how many of you know what Photoshop is? Like it is a designing program that is very complicated and takes hours upon hours upon hours of learning. This wasn't gonna probably prepare me for ministry, but that's okay. I was in a season where I was gonna steward whatever was put in front of me. And I remember going back and just looking on YouTube and calling Ben's friends and being like, can you come help me how to do this? I have no idea. And I'm going to be honest, I shed a few tears because I was like, I, this is so hard. God, I have no idea what, what I'm doing. And in the end, I gave it to them and I did it. And I want to share something that's very kind of interesting and funny and awesome is that a year later when I started my business, I had no idea that I would need to use Photoshop every single day. And today, I use, I'm on Photoshop every single day. And even the things that don't feel like have anything to do with your calling are preparing you more than you realize. Like when David killed the lion and the bear, he probably wasn't thinking, oh, I'm preparing to take down a, a giant, right? Like it probably felt very unrelated, but he gave it his all and he stewarded what was in front of him. And we are called to do the same. And I'm going to tell you something that probably isn't fun to hear. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be resistance. It is not going to feel easy. But how many of you know following Jesus isn't meant to be easy? And I think sometimes God allows it to not be easy to test our heart and to test us. We're called to steward what's in front of us are now season. And, you know, I think there are times when we're like, God, where is my opportunity? Where, where is my opportunity? Like, where is it I've been, I'm praying, you're praying for breakthrough and you're praying for opportunities and you're praying for open doors and you're waiting on God. But I, I just want to ask, maybe God is waiting on you. Maybe he's waiting to see what you're going to do with the little the season that you're in and the little that he gave you, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Stewardship is, is our preparation, which creates opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. I'll share a quick story. I was kind of debating if I should share this, but 
<laughs> I'm going to share it anyways. So I, uh, when I was running my hand lettering business, there was a time where um, I got an opportunity to go do this private class, which this was like really felt kind of stretching. I was like, I don't know if I could do this, God. And, but I just felt the Lord say like, yes, go do this. And I was running all over town getting supplies and I was coming home. It was a rainy day and it was dark and we had this gate when we were living in Reading where you had to like take off this bungee cord and then open the gate and then put the car through. It was kind of annoying and then, you know, bungee cord it back. And when I got through and when I got to the gate, I took the bungee cord down and the gate, the wind pushed the gate out just like an inch and I did not notice. And I dropped the bungee cord and I rushed down to pick it up and my face smashed the gate and my tooth broke in half, like chipped and it fell in my hand. And I remember like, start, I started screaming in the rain and I run into the house and Ben thinks like someone's chasing me, trying to kill me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. With the, and literally I'm about to go in an hour and a half to this house to, to do a class with 15 girls. <laughs> And I'm like in my kitchen crying. I'm like, Ben, I cannot go. And y'all, I was facing resistance. I was, everything in me did not want to go and, and steward what was in front of me and to do what God had called me to do. And I'm telling you, you're going to face moments of opposition where it's not gonna feel good, where maybe you're gonna look ridiculous doing it, do it anyway. <laughs> do it anyway. Even, I'm telling you, sometimes we make it so much about us. Sometimes we make it about us and how we feel and if it makes us feel uncomfortable, but actually what you're doing when you're stewarding, you're not just stewarding it for yourself and the promises for your life, it's for the generations after you. It's for other people that are going to reap from all that you're saying yes to. All right, I just wanted to share. It's kind of a fun story. <laughs> My tooth is good now. I got a veneer. We're all good. <laughs> I did when I went to the dentist. For some reason, Ben told me to put my tooth. I'm going to just throw Ben under the bus. <laughs> he told me to put my tooth in a bag of milk. He's like, put it in milk, a bag of milk. And I was like, okay. And I went to the dentist. They all started laughing at me. And they were like, look at this. They're like, look at this. They put it in. And I was like, oh my gosh. And the dentist, he walks in and he's laughing. He's like, this is so cute. I'm like, oh, my husband made me do it. <laughs> Anyways, it's a kind of a fun story. <laughs> ben was so convinced this would save my tooth. I just got a new part. But I guess he thought it was going to go back, but it was going in the tooth. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, moving on from the tooth story. The last key that I want to share tonight is that there are no shortcuts in the kingdom. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom. And Christine Kane says this quote that I think kind of puts more language to it. The long way with Jesus is so much better than the shortcut without him. The long way with Jesus is so much better than the shortcut without him. All right, we're going to jump down to chapter 24 in 1 Samuel. And so now I'm just going to speed us up to date where we're at now. So David, after he slays Goliath, it catches Saul's attention, right? And now he is serving as a, in high ranks in the army. And over time, David starts 
getting a lot of favor. And when they come back from battle, the Israelites would sing, David killed, or Saul killed the thousands and David his 10,000s. And it stirred up this insecurity and this jealousy from Saul towards David. And so that, that then led to a season where David was running for his life because Saul who was like his mentor, you guys, like Saul was like a father to him, was now trying to kill him. So this is like a really devastating situation where now David, someone that he loved and he served and he laid his life down, is now being chased by that very man. And so now we're gonna start at chapter 24, verse four um, and to seven. And now David... It says, and the, David of, the men of David said to him, here's the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give your enemy into your hand and you, sh- you, you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David arose and selfly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And afterwards, David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. So Saul came to this cave having no idea that David and his men are in there, right? And David's men are like, David, this is your opportunity, Take him out. Like, this is your way. Like, this is basically, you can become king. Like, you could stop running. And David, what does he do? He decides not to kill Saul. And I think that David understood in this moment that it was God's job to promote him, not his job. David had a trust and a confidence that it was God that would promote him. Because doors that man open on their own strength, you're going to have to keep open on your own strength. But when God opens the door and promotes you, he sustains you. I'd rather have God promote me, anyone else. (laughs) Sounds a lot easier. Sounds a lot more fun. (laughs) David understood it wasn't his job to open the door. You know, just because you're anointed doesn't mean you're ready. Just because you're anointed, it doesn't mean you're ready. And sometimes a good thing isn't a God thing. Sometimes a good idea isn't a God idea. Sometimes a good opportunity isn't a God opportunity. And this is why y'all, we, have, we cannot rush the process. And I know I can tell you from experience, this is so tempting to take shortcuts. I can tell you from experience, it is so tempting, you know, when a good, when a good opportunity comes, but maybe God's presence isn't, isn't leading you into it to take it because it's, it's like the fast track. And we kind of live in an instant gratification culture. It promotes that all the time, but doing it God's way is so much better. Doing it God's way is so much better. And I don't even want to be one half step ahead of God. I don't even want to be an inch ahead of the Holy Spirit because it is not worth it. It is not worth it. Don't confuse a not yet with a not not ever or a delay with a denial. Sometimes we confuse that. We think the delay is a denial, but it's not. It's the process. 
and we have to let go. We have to surrender because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He sees so much differently. Like he has best for you. And I wanna say that God wants the promises over your life more than you do. He wants it more than you do. Like God wants it, but there is a process and we have to surrender to it. And this path to the promise, it doesn't look like we expected it, expected it to look like, but it's gonna be better than you could have ever imagined. I promise you that. It will be better than you could have ever imagined. There was a, a time where, I I really wanted this jean jacket. I don't know why. I was like in this time where I really wanted a cute jean jacket because I just, it was fall and I just wanted to look cute. And so there was, I remember telling Ben and be like, oh, I want this jean jacket. But we just, it wasn't, there wasn't glory on it. We kind of, sometimes we make decisions out of like, is there glory on it or not? And Ben kept telling me, there's no glory on this. And I was like, oh. it's kind of frustrating to be honest. There's no glory on it. Sometimes I like just I like to do that back to him when he's like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" I'm like, "There's no glory on it." It's like my payback. <laughs> but anyways, we agreed that there was no glory on it. Just financially, some things like not going, getting extra stuff, and and so I was at this meeting up north in Austin, and I'm driving home. You know, I had this thought. I just I'm just gonna stop by Target. Who knows, that's never a good, that's just game over when you start doing that. <laughs> and I go to Target and I'm walking around and I see this display of jean jackets just looking at me and I'm just like, I'm just gonna look, I'm just gonna look. So I walk around and I, and then, you know, I, I start taking one off the hanger and I'm trying it on and I'm looking in the mirror and it's on sale. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's the Lord. Like, God is here. The glory is here. <laughs> and, and I take this jacket and I put it on. I'm like, it's the Lord. And I remember I take it. I go all the way up to the self-checkout. And I'm literally about to scan it. And the Holy Spirit's like, wait. Wait. And I know this seems so little. But you guys, this, this like, he said, wait. So I was like cringing. I'm like, this is literally the best sale and it fits perfectly and it's everything I want. But I obeyed and I took it back. It was like head down. I'm like, all right, God, put it back. And I get back in my car and I go home. Well, when I pulled up to my driveway, there was a box sitting at my front door. And I'm like, that's weird. I didn't order anything. And I go and I pick up this box and it's sent to me. And I go into my room, I'm like, okay. And I opened this box up and it said Madewell over it, which I love Madewell. There's more glory on Madewell than Target. I love Target, but Madewell is next level glory. And I opened this box and there is a jean jacket in that box. Like only God can do that. And I remember opening this and I literally just began to cry. And God said, thank you for waiting because I had best for you waiting. And how often do you guys, do we settle for good when God has best waiting for us? And this is why it is not worth it to take shortcuts because he has best for you. And as tempting as it is to take the, to settle for good, it is not worth it. And I actually believe we rob God from showing off his goodness when we do that. 
<laughs> the jean jacket story. It's so worth it to wait, to not make things happen in our own strength. It is so worth it. You know, my prayer, my heart is that I would be so surrendered. That I would be so surrendered in the process. And guys, there are things that I'm believing for. There are things that God has spoken over my life that my circumstances, everything around me is saying opposite, but I, I am standing in faith and I'm gonna do this season and steward what's in front of me well because I know God is good and he is faithful. And I just wanna declare that over you tonight, that God is good, God is faithful. He knows the plans over your life are good and they will prosper you, but, but there is an invitation just to surrender and say, God, I trust you more than what I see in this current moment. I trust you, even if it doesn't make sense, even if where I am, maybe the field, it doesn't look like the promise, but I trust you because you are good and you are faithful. He is true. He is faithful and he is true. And he wants the promises over your life more than you do. More than you do. I've just been pondering Zechariah 4, 8. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It is by the spirit of God. We need his spirit. You know, we're, all that I preach tonight, if you walked away with one thing, it's this. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. Say, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. It is not by might. It is not by power, but, but it is by his spirit. We cannot do this alone. We cannot step into the fullness without him and his presence guiding us and his voice speaking to us and us pressing in and saying, God, show me what you see. Show me what you are doing. It is all by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is all by the Holy Spirit. It is all by the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.